This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Line Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper here in Columbus, Ohio at Value City Arena as Illinois gets another great effort from Io DeSumo. 21 points, was ready to take over. We're all ready to use the headline OHIO. Not I O, but A Y O. Um, yeah, we all would have used that today, but uh, he didn't get any help. He didn't get much help whatsoever. As Illinois falls 71 63 to a very good Ohio State team that's playing really well. They've won 9 of 11. Uh, but the game really turned in the second half when you actually had your big men out there on the court. Uh, Kofi Coburn had foul trouble. Georgie Bashanish really had foul trouble. Kipper Nichols had foul trouble. Yet when they were on the court and available in the second half, they really struggled. How did this game turn, Derek Piper? Yeah, Ohio State in the second half made a, a really, really good effort to stop Io or slow him down as much as they could because Io was really in that first, late in the first half, just taking over and, and couldn't be stopped. And uh, we're sending two guys at him off the ball screen action and essentially forcing other players, DeMonte, they'd leave him open in the corner, they'd leave Kipper open, uh, forcing Trent to drive, drive the ball on the, on the baseline uh, and just dared Illinois to, to find a way to, to beat them without Io. So uh, that and Illinois didn't, didn't get enough stops, especially on defensive rebounds, uh, Ohio State. You know, going in, you thought Illinois would have the advantage on the glass, especially Kyle Young being out. It's their second leading rebounder. If they limited threes and Iowa was the best player on the floor, you thought Illinois was going to win. I think you did both of those, but you just got punked uh, on the inside. And E.J. Liddell, of course, he has his career game so far uh, against <laughs> Illinois first double-double. We'll get into that. But you are encouraged by two big things here, Derek, and it's why Illinois is a scary opponent is because they limited Ohio State to 3 of 15 from 3. And I threw out that stat earlier today. When they've limited teams, and Brad Underwood uses the, the number six, if they're six or under, Illinois was 9-0 and in Big Ten games, 5-0 and on the road. They get that number today. Io DeSumo, phenomenal again on the road. He's averaging in uh, Illinois' road games, what, 20-something points. Ridiculous uh, numbers here. He just seems to thrive on it. But Ohio State really exposed Illinois' two other weaknesses, right? And that would be... Uh, post-depth when Kofi's not playing very well, and it would also be shooting. Uh, Illinois shoots 6-for-22 from three today, and it actually seemed worse than that. Uh, outside of Iowa DeSumo, Illinois shot 15-for-41, and they got a late Allen Griffin three there, so that three-point number looks even better. So those are the two flaws of this team, and it's the two things holding them back. And as you brought up E.J. Liddell, Derek, 
That is why we covered the heck out of that recruitment because he was a perfect fit for exactly what they needed. He can stretch the four at the four spot. He's a great athlete. He's tenacious. And uh, I, I saw him play a couple weeks ago, and he had a career day then. Well, he had an even better day, of course, against Illinois, the back-to-back Mr. Basketball Award winner. That's why he was such an important recruit, and it's why he's going to be a pain in the butt at Ohio State. And so that one's going to sting even more in the coming years because he's going to get even better and show you that he can shoot the three and shoot the mid-range but yeah he's someone that can stretch you out he's physical uh he's a very long arms and can get up there and swat some shots as well uh and he just was following he had a big follow dunk and transition and and a couple of tip ends as well uh but you said it there io outside of him you're not making threes uh when io is forced to kick it out to to somebody else one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the big 10 so uh if you're able to put some fouls on kofi or if just kofi doesn't have his usual ferociousness or has one of those games where he's not that physical or he's not holding on to the ball. Uh, again, that's a freshman big guy, but you need him to be darn good. And if he's not going for whatever reason, whether it's fouls or just one of those nights, you don't have the depth behind him. Uh, Georgie expected more. He only had two points and, and didn't have a rebound and uh, was in foul trouble. I know that fans are going to talk a lot about the fouls that replacing the line of big guys, but uh, just in general, yeah, that you worry about that being the blueprint is if somehow a team can corral Io, have a, a physical and athletic front line, or just be a very good defensive team, and, and that could give Illinois a lot of problems. I will say this. I don't think every team can do that, right? I, I think Ohio State is, is pretty dang good. Caleb Wesson's a matchup nightmare for Kofi, stretching him out. That really took – it was the exact opposite of the Indiana game, right? Kofi dominated that game because Indiana had two bigs who couldn't stretch the floor, so he could keep a foot in the paint the entire time. Um, Ohio State, he couldn't do that because Caleb Wesson got going in the second half. EJ Liddell can outjump anybody. Um, so this is a really good team, and they didn't even shoot that well, but they got to the free throw line. Listen, I, the refs were t- you know touchy calls all day, but I thought Ohio State even got some bad calls on them. So I don't think at the end of the day that was the game, but I think Ohio State's a problem right now because they were 11-1 to start the year. They were number two in the rankings. They had that after-holiday kind of lull, but they've been great ever since, Derek. This is a team that wouldn't surprise me if they end up getting a four seed in the NCAA tournament, and they could be scary next week at the Big Ten tournament, and they could be scary in the NCAA tournament. They, get, they got a lot of nice pieces. Yeah, they're reminding people why it was mid-December, and you're wondering, you know, you saw them number one in Kempom, and were they one of the best teams uh, in the country? And without E.J. Carton, uh, they've going into this game, uh, had been shooting the three really well, getting good production out of their guards. And Illinois, to their credit, did a pretty good job against Muhammad. Washington was hurting, actually, Ohio State more than he held. He went three for 12, and uh, Walker was was bottled up for the most part. He, had, he was two for 10. I know he got to the free throw line, but, uh, yeah, they, they have – Wesson is a problem, ability to stretch you out, shoot the three. Uh, Liddell hasn't played at that level consistently, uh, so now if he's going to come on as a freshman – that even adds more to him, and Kyle Young is a, a very good hustle player, someone they can throw in at the four. So, uh, yeah, they, they have potential to be dangerous, for sure. Kofi has these games, right? Um, he, he's been playing really well recently, and he's a freshman, so you expect some things like this. But when he was on the court in the first half, I thought he was solid, but then he got into foul trouble, and it felt like that just took him out of the game, right? Like he just had no rhythm, and that's kind of what uh, Underwood said afterwards is, you know, he played 15 minutes in the second half, had zero points, I think one or one rebound, ended up with three rebounds in the game. Is that just Wesson? Um, he didn't get a lot of post touches in this game. It's just 
for the first time in a long time, he felt non-existent. Like he didn't make an imprint on the game. Yeah, early on, there were a couple of touches that he got. It was really more so dump-offs. That it was guard drives, and DeMonte hit him one time, and he just was missing some bunnies. Some, they're, they're contested any time that uh, the five-man is waiting on the catch and is going to go up straight up. But Kofi from three feet away, especially with his physicality and his height advantage, you need him to finish those. Uh, there was one time where they doubled him. He tried to go spin baseline, and they had Andre Weston waiting for him on the other side. And, again, when – DeMonte's on the floor or Kipper's on the floor or even Georgie out extended to the three-point line, they're going to send somebody else to help on him. So, uh, yeah, you look at Xavier Tillman, gave him problems stretching him out on the outside. That's kind of a formula that's going to be interesting based on the matchups going forward. Garza on Sunday. Garza as well. Uh, And that's something where, yeah, there are just some nights where where Kofi, particularly inside, doesn't – doesn't have the force or isn't the presence, but also, uh, and maybe that there's something to that when he has to go out and worry about guarding the three-point line and getting back into the paint to rebound. That's the problem with the NBA, right? For everyone who thinks he's he's gone to the NBA and hey, he he could do it if he wanted to, and maybe someone drafts him, but that's his big flaw is. That's the NBA big man game, and the three-point line's even deeper in that league. So that's where he's going to have to do it. Listen, I've been surprised at how he can recover sometimes. He had a couple times he did that today. But um, you have to be able to extend and still be able to cover ground, go rebound, and obviously that's where he struggles right now. Yeah, I think he he was in good position a couple of times when Wesson put the ball on the floor, but Wesson would hit him with the shoulder and a fake, and then Kofi almost got a little too excited and left his feet, and then once you do that, you're beat. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, he, he can move pretty decent. Uh, you, he just doesn't – he needs to not leave his feet, whether he's contesting for three or, or just trusting his positioning, walling up inside and, and not getting too overly excited. Alan Griffin hasn't made much of an impact since his Northwestern game. Um, but for Illinois to really make a run uh, or to win a game like this, right, you need to – give Io and Andres a little bit of help. Even Andres, I know he didn't shoot that well tonight, but he was in attack mode. He wasn't afraid to shoot. Uh, but Trent Frazier, another 3-for-10 night, 1-for-6 from 3. Uh, Griffin hit the 3 at the very end, but he was 0-for-2 before that. Wasn't making much of an impact on the game. Um, let's get to Frazier here. And this is, this is an alarming. This is his worst shooting slump of his career. What are you seeing, Derek? Like, wh- why do you think this is happening? Yeah, uh, it's tough to figure out. I think that he's getting a lot of clean looks from the outside. There was one late. Trent did make a pull-up shot that I think cut it to six, and then they went guard-to-guard screen with Io with Trent setting the ghost screen essentially, and they doubled him, left Trent wide open for three, and Trent missed a shot. And and that's where it's you don't really see anything mechanically. Like obviously you see when Kipper misses a three, like oh that just. That shot looks ugly. That that doesn't. That's not going in. Uh, I do think when he puts the ball on the floor, there have been times where he's been a little too loose with it. Also, he's not finishing inside. Uh, he did draw a foul, but uh, whether he's either just missing those floaters or not taking them, there were a couple of times where he'd get in the lane, get in the paint, and then he dish it off to Demonte, who's not a good finisher as well. Or he tries to lay it up, and yeah. it's like you're gonna get blocked. You're just not big enough and strong enough. That's where that runner game becomes so big for him. Yeah, for sure. And Brad mentioned after the game that he had a really good defensive effort, which uh, you look at Dwayne Washington's numbers, pretty good. Although Trent was on CJ a decent amount too, and that's where he picked up some fouls. Um, but, look, Trent Frazier has to be a reliable scorer. He has to – you would like to think you can get double digits out of a junior guard with that who's that talented to score. You, you would hope. And if you do – 
you're really dangerous, right? Like, if you, if you get that out of Trent Frazier, you're a scary team. Or you just need out of one of them, Trent or Allen. It's just it hasn't been consistent. Yeah, in, in 2020, I think there's seven times Frazier's been in double figures. He won six of those. So that says a lot. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm doing math real quick. Um, I think over the last ten games, it, this is approximations, but he is 23 for 98 or something like that from the field, shooting around 25 percent, um, somewhere around there. It's that that can't you can't you need more than that. He's he's supposed to be a shot maker as good as he is defensively. I know Brad's going to build that up because he doesn't want to shock his confidence, but Brad knows it. Like. You have to have those. You have to have those makes. Like when Adam Miller comes here, he's got to shoot better than that. Or next year, Austin, Austin Hutcherson or Jacob Grandison. That's why shooting has been such a recruiting priority here. Yeah, absolutely. And credit to Trent for embracing the defensive end. But he has to be a shot maker. The the the, the fact is when he's not making shots and he has the talent. It's not a lack of where you look at when DeMonte's playing the four or Kipper. Again, got the same guys you keep mentioning who are just limited offensively. Trent is not limited. He's just missing shots. Uh, that just stresses your best player, your guy, giving defenses even more reason to sell out on I.O., and that's what makes you worry about where Illinois is going to be able to go. Let's talk about where they go. they got one more regular season game. What's on the line there? That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so Big Ten title hopes are not completely done, okay? But it is, it is, yeah, mathematically they are not completely done. But really, what you're playing for against Iowa is a double bye. Because if you lose to Iowa, all of a sudden they are tied with you, and Iowa would leap you, and then Wisconsin, Michigan State, and uh, Maryland would all be ahead of you as well. So that's what you're playing for. Everyone, that the double bye has been so important. Plus, if everything else happens, if Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Maryland all lose, then you can still get a share of the title as well. But there's still a lot on the line in that sellout crowd on Sunday, Derek. Oh, definitely. Uh, Iowa, I know that their net ranking may have passed 30 now, so I'm not sure it's exactly a quad one opportunity, but still a good win at home uh, if you're able to pull that off. And double by means a lot. It means you're one win away from being in the semis. Uh, so uh, it'd be interesting if Iowa, if Iowa were to lose – who is the five seed? Is it Iowa or Penn State? Would you see Iowa a third time? Might be Ohio State. That's true. It could be Ohio. Because <laughs> Ohio State, here, here's, the, here's the, what you got. Michigan State 
plays Ohio State at home. That's not an easy game, fighting for a Big Ten championship. I know Michigan State is playing well. Maryland is home against Michigan. That's a, that's a toss-up game. I know Maryland should win it, but that, that's a toss-up game. And then Wisconsin is at Indiana, which I know is a tough place to play. So it is still in the realm of possibility that you could win a Big Ten title. But most importantly, yeah, I don't know how much the, the double buy means to me, Derek, because the Big Ten tournament, is, it's a fun tournament. We love covering it. But for me, it's about, hey, beat Iowa, maybe you can get to a six-seed line, right? Maybe you can solidify yourself on a seven-seed line instead of having to play an eight-nine game. Because if you lose, you're probably going to be eight-nine game, depending on what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I still fall back on what I said before this this game, is that I, I thought if you won one of the final two regular season games and then won one in the Big Ten tournament, I felt like you're your baseline was a six, six seed. Uh, if that was how you finished and then obviously you went to the Big Ten Championship game, you could do potentially even more than that. But, uh, yeah, the Iowa win would be a nice one. And then, uh, yeah, you're, you're right in a position on Friday to, to win a couple games and, and to have mean mean something. If they lost back-to-back games, would you be too concerned or this just be more Big Ten craziness and you just go into the NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament, and you could get hot even still with this team. I, I, I still think, yeah, you'd like to end with a lot of momentum here, win at home, end the season well, finish top four in yeah. the Big Ten, or you'd feel good. But I don't know if it changes Illinois' chances outside of who they play in the second round of the NCAA tournament if they can win the first round. You're not all of a sudden sweating selection Sunday or going into the Big Ten tournament like you feel like you need to, to prove something, but it is going to affect your seed line, and I think that – getting to a potential six is a big difference on making a run versus an eight nine if you're going to have to see a one seed in the second round or an eight nine is not an easy matchup not that any matchup is easy in the NCAA tournament but uh no I don't think you go into full panic mode but uh it is a home game and then also just the the emotional tie to Anders' last game in Champaign potentially and most likely inevitably Iowa's last game in Champaign you want to win that game and you owe Iowa, do you not? Kipper, too. Kipper, Kipper, two, Kipper Nichols, too. Um, yeah, so that would be the last game probably for all those guys. Yeah, I, th- I think what tonight solidified, if anything, um, these Big Ten award races, I vote for them. Um, they're getting close here, and I think Iowa DeSumo probably solidified himself as an all-Big Ten first-teamer tonight. Again, the way he's playing, I think it's really hard not to put him in there. I think it's going to be hard for Brad Underwood now to win Coach of the Year in the Big yes. Ten. I think Greg Gard is likely to get that at this point i think pat chambers steve peichel have a really good chance too but also kofi just let trace jackson davis back in the door a little bit and um that one's i i can tell you like it's it's gonna be very difficult to pick that award right now um maybe kofi needs one more good game to solidify that yeah because uh, all eyes are going to be on indiana and indiana's still uh, they're on that bubble line where if they they could have a higher they could be the same seed or higher seed than Illinois yeah and, and they need that win against Wisconsin I'm not saying they're out but obviously they would feel like if they won that game they would have punched their ticket for sure and if Trace has a big game then that's going to ride the momentum into the vote where if Kofi's at home and struggles again versus Luca Garza and that's a really really tough matchup and another big man's going to stretch you out from three and it's going to be physical potentially put fouls on you Something you worry about. It's close. It, it was close before he came to Champaign. So uh, that's interesting. Fully agree on Io. Since he's come back from the knee injury or the the leg injury, uh, he's averaged like 20 a game and shot over 50% from, from the field. So uh, he's been ridiculous. I, I, I don't know how you don't vote for him for first-teamer. 
All right, that'll wrap it up for us in Columbus. If you don't already, subscribe to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Most importantly, we got a great deal for you right now, 50% off an annual subscription to Illini Enquirer. If you haven't tried us out, it's a great deal to get in the door. Or if you want to try the $1 for the first month, try it out. I swear you'll like it, and we're going to be covering the heck out of this. We make the drive out here to Columbus to cover these games to give you as much insight as possible. I have my player grades coming up. we got the uh, post-game press conferences up there as well, and Derek will be doing a piece on the biggest concern coming out of this game, which is what Ohio State did to Io DeSumo. Also going to go see Morgan Park versus A.J. Casey, five-star. I'm going to see that tomorrow night, five-star sophomore. We'll uh, let, let you know my thoughts. And also it sounds like there could be some intriguing visitors for the Sunday game against Iowa, so that's a, a nice little tease maybe you want to sign up and find out about i am i am definitely teased i feel i'm feeling teased right now all right uh that'll do for us uh here in columbus thanks for listening to us we'll talk to you next time on the online choir podcast jeremy renner returns to paramount plus for a brand new season of the original hit series mayor of kingstown my job is to create a balance avoid a war from executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.